Welcome to another episode of Behind the Now. Today I get to chat with the hilarious comedian and talented actor, Mateen Stewart. Originally from Detroit, Mateen's talent led him to Florida A&M University, where he studied as a theater major. After booking his very first audition in LA and founding his own theater company, Mateen eventually discovered his love and talent for stand-up comedy. He crushed his very first performance on stage. Listen in to learn more about Mateen's journey, including his passion for stand-up comedy and performance, the nitty-gritty of creating great comedic material, and his brilliant advice for anyone pursuing a creative career. Hi, Mateen. Thank you so much for coming today. Oh, thank you for having me. I, I appreciate uh, you inviting me to do this podcast. Yeah, of course. I was really excited to have you. So walk me through your pathway so far of becoming a stand-up comedian. Uh, my pathway to becoming a stand-up comedian, it is, uh, it's a rocky, it's been a rocky journey to get here. Um, I, I was an actor. I am an actor by trade. I've been acting since I was younger. And when I moved to Los Angeles, I came out here to pursue acting. Mm -hmm. That's what, that's what I came out here to pursue. So I came out here to pursue acting. I saved about $10,000, which wasn't enough money not that I look at it, but it was the money that I had saved. I had graduated college. I went back home for two years. I did like all kinds of odd jobs, all kinds of odd acting jobs, worked with a bunch of theaters and um, I was able to save money because I wasn't paying rent at home. Mm -hmm. So me and my mother got in my car. We drove from Detroit to Los Angeles in the middle of summer with no air conditioning. And so like, uh, I have these vivid memories of my mother like sitting on ice and like putting ice on her as we're driving through Nevada and it's 117 yeah. degrees. And yes, yeah, so I, 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 I did that. And then a couple years in, I, I auditioned for uh, this like reality show called On the Lot, which mm -hmm. is like a friend of a friend had a friend that was on the show. <laughs> and there ended up being like an agent in the audition for the mm -hmm. short. Uh, the short was called Ditto. I remember I played this guy in the office and th there was an agent in there and she was like, yo, um, I like your look, but these pictures don't look like you. So uh -huh. back in the day, I wore a bald head like this one, but on purpose, not because I was losing mm -hmm. my hair. Now I, I rocked a bald head because I have to. Mm -hmm. But um, and at the time, my pictures were bald, but my my hair was like I had that like <laughs> that like nappy like I just woke out of bed, but it's 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 clean so that that was like the look i call it the commercial negro look um because every black dude in the commercial has that like spiky hair thing mm -hmm. and um yeah they signed me and then my first audition i got uh i booked this mcdonald's commercial like the first oh time my gosh, yeah the first time I, and i was like this is how my life is gonna be i'm gonna just be a commercial actor and it wasn't it was not that was that's actually that's been the only commercial that I've booked in the 15 years that I've lived here mm -hmm. so uh yeah I was I was here acting and auditioning and going to class I, I joined like a couple like weird acting class like the Australian technique and it was like, <laughs> weird cult and like this guy would like be all on you and like he was like a little too touchy and and then uh I was just like creatively depressed so mm -hmm. I missed theater I came from a theater background and I started a theater company called Forgotten Roots Theater Company 
and I raised like three thousand dollars on Kickstarter to to like fund everything and we had a good group of people and we we had like a awesome like opening and it was great like rave reviews and it's funny because like all a lot of those actors that are in my that was in my theater company like a lot of those people are starring on television right now yeah which is like oh you know it's it's kind of bittersweet but um yeah yeah it's such a hard it's such a crazy industry it's like really the kind of thing where no one has the same path you know so you have to like really trust that yeah no one has the same path and it's also the 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 entertainment industry is the only industry where like if i'm a doctor right and i go and i study and i be become the best doctor that i can possibly be i'm going to succeed because because i can do that like entertainment you can be the best you can think that you're the best you can feel like you're the best you can be (laughs) as talented as you want to be but all it takes is one person to change your mind to change your whole life like one person could be like oh this guy this guy is it because i'm i remember when i booked that mcdonald's commercial I was like, yeah, I booked it. And and it was no lines. It was like all facial expressions. Uh-huh. I asked them, I was like, hey, why'd you guys pick me? And they were like, oh, well, uh, we really liked the shirt you had on that day. Oh. That's exactly, yeah. That's exactly what they said. They liked the shirt I had on. Are you serious? Yeah, you that was it. That was, like you that must was, say that, you know? That was it. Like, we liked the shirt you had on that day. That was it. Uh, so, yeah, I started this theater company, and it went for like a couple years. And then the thing about when you start a project like that, no one's going to love your baby like you love your baby. Uh-huh. So like I was putting a lot into it and wasn't getting a lot of help for people that mm-hmm. was like, oh, yeah, we would help you. But um, I got this. I got this. You know, L.A. is just like all these movers and shakers and theater's not really a big thing here. But it allowed me to work on something. And I did a couple plays where like I didn't like I, I did do some plays that I felt like I should have got back in the day. The, the lead role, I was like, I got a theater company. I'm going to do this play. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, like, I'm going to take the lead role. Uh, so, yeah, so that was that was good. And then that lasted for a couple years. And then I was just, like, lost. I was lost. I was just, like, lost. And I didn't know what I was going to do. And I went to this another commercial audition. And it was, like, like 12 dudes that looked exactly like me. Mm. And it was, like, no lines. And you were literally on the screen for for not even two seconds mm-hmm. and I was like this is not art this is not this is not like anybody could yeah. do this like anybody could do this I, I don't feel like that artistic uh part of me is being satiated like I don't mm-hmm. have that so I was just talking to my mom and telling her some things and I had joined this uh this goal group it was like a goal group that you would mm-hmm. like at the end of the year you would you would set your goals for the following year and one of the goals was to do three minutes of stand-up comedy at an open mic. Now, I loved comedy. Uh, when I moved here, my roommate worked at the Comedy Union, and I would go down to the Comedy Union, and I would watch comedians all the time. But at no point in my life that I, that I said that, oh, I want to do that. Because it was always acting. Yeah. Uh, I was a tap dancer before that. And it was like, oh, always, yeah, it was always, it was always that. You know, it was mm-hmm. never stand-up comedy. Like, I always, always was in drama plays. Like, yeah or or did musicals but nothing really comedic i i I was a class clown at points of my life Mm -hmm. but yeah nothing other other than that so uh, i remember i told my mom i was like yeah i got this and she's like oh well i don't i don't think you're very funny but if you (laughs) if you want if you want to do it you could do it uh 
she said, if you believe you could do it, I know you can do it, uh, oh, which, yeah. which has always uh, stuck with me. Mm-hmm. So for my for my birthday that following year, I you know I looked up like oh stand up comedy classes and uh, and of course there's so many in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. uh, and I picked one and the one that I picked just happened to have the graduation at the Improv, so that's why I picked that one because I had the graduation at the Improv mm-hmm. and I went and uh, yeah I started in January, uh, like right before my birthday and we had uh, our graduation performance in February. And I was excited and we had to do five minutes of material. And I was just, I was just like, I was nervous because it was like something I've never had done before. And so a bunch of us had went to this place called Marty's and we did like our set before, like we weren't supposed to, but we did it before and we practiced. I was like, okay, I got this. And then, yeah, on February, February 20, no, February 19th, 2012, was when we had our graduation show and I went up there and I crushed, I crushed. Like I look at the set now and I'm like, oh, this is awful. Like, <laughs> I, I, like I crushed, I, cr- I, I left that stage like, oh my God, I'm ready. I'm ready for late night television. That's like how I was. Um, and it was, it was something I'd never experienced before and I didn't know where to go afterwards. Mm-hmm. But um, our teacher, he had like a deal with this like bringer show guy okay. and he was like, yeah, my friend from the comedy store uh, is coming. He, you know, he's a booker uh, for the comedy store. So I didn't know anything. I'm like, he's a booker from the comedy store. Oh shit. Like I better. And then he was like, Oh, he might not come. And so after you get off the stage, <laughs> after you get off the stage, it's this guy in a suit and he's like, it's like, it's like some Hollywood. So he's, he's like, yeah, man, give me your email. Yeah. So you get his email, you get your email address and he sends you a message and he's like, Hey, I got to show at the comedy store. Like, you guys, you can do it on a Wednesday. You got to do, you do eight minutes, but it's a little different. Like you got to bring like five people. And, and so it's this culture of bringer shows where like they book newer comedians mm. because they know that they have friends that will come support them. And our show, our graduation show sold out because oh, yeah. it was 15. I had like 40 people there. Like, cause people, oh, my, I had, I had lived in LA for like six years. So people, I had a, yeah. I had a network of people mostly wanted to see me like fail at doing some comedy. <laughs> And so a lot of people will, will still want to see me. So like he, when he was like, oh, yeah, you come by on Wednesday and perform at the comedy store. I'm like, I get to perform at the comedy store? It's my second time doing stand-up comedy? Like, this is fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, not knowing, like, you know, it just the amount of people you bring, then you can get spots. So I did that that Wednesday. I had more people come, and I just got, I just got ingratiated into, like, the L.A. comedy culture, which is mm-hmm. – which is – which can be dangerous and poisonous and like uh, it, it could eat up people at an alarming rate. But I'm so yeah. glad I started comedy here because I never had any delusions of grandeur of being bigger than I am. So like if you start comedy in a smaller city, you build your group there and like mm-hmm. you have this big fish thing in a little pond. Like I was, I was not even a, like, I, I wasn't even a fish. I was <laughs> like some that microorganism that, that fucking started it's like amoeba in all yeah. this, this world of the cesspool of of celebrityville uh so yeah i just did a bunch of mics and stuff and mm-hmm. i ate i drank i slept mics uh, a lot yeah. of late nights and early mornings because i was still you know working a job mm-hmm. trying to pursue this comedy thing and um yeah the the woman i was dating at the time she wasn't really into it because it was like oh yeah you're late nights and early mornings oh, yeah. and then it's like oh yeah you're just 
you know, this is another venture. You, you know, what happened to the theater company? Blah 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 blah. Uh, so, I, but I, I, it stuck. It stuck. And like, as much time as I have put into it, the more time I put into it, the longer I'm like, oh, I can't quit. I can't. I can't. Yeah. I've done too much. I've done too much. I've invested too much of my yeah. life into this to ever quit. Yes. And, you know, I started a little later and that, you know, that, that was in the back of my mind, like, oh yeah, you started later. You know, a lot of guys start when they're like 19 or 18. Uh, So yeah, it, it was, it was something that I never thought that I wanted to do, but actually like I, I tell people I moved out to Los Angeles to pursue acting, but comedy kept me here. Like being a stand-up comedian kept me here because it changed my quality of life. Some for the good, some for the bad, like, mm-hmm. a, you know, a lot more drinking, a lot more late nights because you're not making money. People are paying you and drink tickets and like, why am I, why am I getting fucked up on a Tuesday? Like <laughs> staying out to like four o'clock in the morning with comics, uh, yeah. Denny's and like, I'm like, I got to go to work tomorrow, guys. Like I got to, uh, but those are times that I'll never, I'll, I, I wouldn't trade for, for anything in the world because those are moments that help you build and help you grow and yeah. I was able to do a lot more faster because I um I did have like some tv stuff mm-hmm. and like when people could look and like oh yeah this guy did did some sketches on Jimmy Kimmel oh he did uh a couple seasons of Funny or Die Presents so like people were like oh yeah we'll get yeah no I was not fun. like I was not fun. I convinced I had my friend call this club in Vermont because I was working as a uh uh musical theater director at the summer camp in uh-huh. in New York and there was like a club in Vermont and I was like six months in and I told my friend I was like yo we had already pulled this trick in Atlanta where she had called to, to be my manager and they put me up they put me up uh yeah and I and I killed I was like killed I killed like I was yeah. like I'm killing uh and I, said, I wish I had that tape I I wish I had that because yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, because the, this lady was heckling me. I uh, oh wow! I, I need to. I, uh, there's so many videos I wish I had. Uh, mm. But um, yeah, it was Julia McCullough was the guy that was the headliner, and they let me do a guest set, and I went in, and it was great, and I was oh yeah. So the summer came, and this club, my friend called, was like, yeah, this guy's in the area. Like you want to let them do some? No, like we don't have any money. Like we don't can't pay much, and you know we can give them um a hundred and fifty dollars for two shows. And I was like, I was like, yeah, and I was like, I was like, y'all, yeah. go, y'all go pay me a hundred and fifty dollars to do these two shows? And they're like, yeah, but he, can he do thirty minutes? And I was like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I didn't have I didn't have thirty minutes, though. and I hadn't I couldn't even practice because I was stuck away in the summer. So like. I had like I have I had three weeks to try to get thirty minutes of material. Oh wow! And it was it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. <laughs> like they didn't know. They didn't know. They didn't know. Like because I'm I'm still an actor, but they didn't know that it was like I was fooling everybody. I think I did like a mad lib on stage. <laughs> like <laughs> I was just trying, like. Did it go well? Like how it did, did it? It did go. It went oh, well. Wow. Like it, like I said, it went it went well. Like yeah. I did. I did a good job, comparatively speaking, to what I thought I would have done. Yeah. And I, like yeah, I said, no it. one, no one was like, "Oh, this guy doesn't have this," or like, "This guy, oh, why did we give this guy?" Yeah, you know, I did my time. I did my time, and that's that's something that I've always had in me since the beginning. Like, always do your time. Like, no matter what, 
do your time. Like, even if you're bombing, you do your time. If, you, if they give you 30 minutes, do the 30 minutes. So I did it and I like, I typed and I typed out cause I did it like a, like a script. So I typed out all of my jokes, like word for word. And I, I memorized them and I went up there and, and, and fooled them. I fooled them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like six months in. Wow. That's amazing. You majored in theater, right? And your goal goal was to be an actor. Yeah, I majored in theater. Uh, I went to Florida A&M University, and I thought I was going to be a doctor. And mm, I, I got the I got the role in this play called Joe Turner's Coming Gone. I got the role of Harold Loomis and, mm. as a freshman. Wow. Um, and I had met the theater director prior to knowing uh, that I wanted to be. And I met him, and and I didn't know that he was the cousin of a lady that worked with my dad. So my dad was like, yeah, I think so-and-so's cousin works there. And then I just happened to go see the theater director and it just happened. He was like, oh yeah, you're like, we just put two and two together. Uh And I just, it just happened to be him. And I was like, oh, he goes, yeah, you're going to be, he told me, he's like, you're going to be a theater major when you leave here. And I was like, shut up. No, I'm not. I'm not going to be a theater major. (laughs) Whatever. He goes, trust me. So I got the role. They waived my fees, my out-of-state fees. uh, And then my parents got money back and then. Then the guy's like, well, we have the scholarship, but you have to be a major. Mm. And so I called my mom and I was like, yo, I got the scholarship. I go, I'm going to change my major to theater. Is that cool? And she goes, uh, yeah, that's what you want to do. And I was like, yeah, well, they're going to give me a scholarship. And she goes, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. go ahead, be, be a theater major. Because uh, I tell people, if you can go to school for free, no matter what, go to school for free. Because, mm. because. Like, yeah. Cause college is a sham anyway. So if you can, if you can go to school for free, you might yeah. go to school for free. So I didn't go to school for free, but I got, uh, I got $10,000 uh, a year mm. uh, and I got the Bill and Camille Cosby scholarship. So I always joke and say how uh, Bill Cosby paid for me to go to college mm. and how I hope it wasn't hush money to keep my mom quiet. Uh, oh, <laughs> but that is really, really amazing. Mm-hmm. The whole, that whole story. So Okay, so you're majoring in theater, and then you took two years. You stayed. Um, also, we went to school at Florida A and A and M. Florida A and M in Tallahassee. Yeah. Okay, very cool. And then you stayed in that area for two years after, and then and no, I then, went back home to Detroit. I went back. Oh, you went back so, home. To Detroit. So yeah, I, okay. I graduated in four years, which I am very proud to say that I finished college mm-hmm. in four years, uh, which was amazing after all the foolishness I was doing. I wasn't I wasn't too bad but uh yeah it wasn't like you were too bad yeah I was I mean I wasn't too bad but I, I partied a bit I party partied hardy uh but I got my work done and yeah I went home and it was just it was weird being home because I would go home during the summers but like to be home all the time yeah. so all I did is just eat I just ate ate white I ate white castle I ate like so much white castle like I would eat white castle and play Madden and I gained a bunch of weight um and yeah, I would I work like odd jobs. Like I was like being a stagehand for this theater company called Plowshares mm-hmm. Company. Okay. And then uh, I ended up getting a couple roles with Plowshares. Um, I worked at uh, Panera Bread for a bit. Mm-hmm. I, I, I I went on tour with um, this place called September Productions and we huh. did uh, Charlotte's Web. Oh. And we went and we did like 48 shows across the Midwest in a van. Um, yeah that's like, a great experience me and five other people going on the road and we would do shows in libraries and we would do shows in theaters so like one show would be like 17 people 
And then the next show would be like 800 people, like kids just everywhere, just touching you. And I, and I, and I played the, I played the goose and, and, ah. and yeah, I played the goose in uh, Charlotte's Web. You ever seen Charlotte's Web? It's the yeah. one like a Yeah, I just, I just did that. And then I played the goose and Mr. Zuckerman. And so, yeah, because it was five of us that mm-hmm. did, did the whole play. So we had multiple roles. Uh, and then I had a couple shows that that plowshares that, that were, and I was working as a non-union actor. So mm-hmm. I think I think equity non-union for that that level of theater was like I think eleven fifty mm-hmm. for ten for ten weeks or something like that. Yeah, it was it wasn't a lot of money. Yeah. It wasn't a lot of money. And but I mean but it's still it, money for acting. Just, yeah, it was still money. I was like, oh, I'm a professional yeah. actor. You know, I'm performing. And we had some some really great shows. I did Blues for Alabama Sky. I did, um, I did, I can't think of all of them. But yeah, yeah it was good. So, cool. Same money, yeah. It so you was, got a it lot of good. experience actually there before coming to LA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was a big fish in a little pond. Yeah, little yeah. Little pond. <laughs> That's amazing. And then, and then you said you're mostly auditioning and then your first audition, you got for McDonald's and you got it, which is crazy. But yeah. then it's like, so you hear it's just because of your stupid shirt or whatever. Yeah, my stupid so, shirt. You're so stupid to say that. Like, it's like, we really like this. She said, I'm a straight face. I'll never forget that. Well, we really like the shirt you had. Yeah, that's just so. I mean, it's good. It's good for people to hear as mm-hmm. like a reminder to never take anything personally because like, no. there's a reason. <laughs> no, no, especially in a commercial. Cause like I I go to these commercial auditions still today because mm-hmm. I'm like they're very lucrative and and I'll I'll audition for whatever. There's not a lot I won't won't do. There was there was one commercial for for Japan. Uh, it was like Coca Cola for Japan, and they mm-hmm. wanted me to do like this. Hey man, I'm a big man. They wanted to be like very like 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 it's very like cooning. I call it. like it's like big man. Like it was it was like very like job turkey like it was a very stereotypical like black man you know mm. and i was like nah i'm not gonna do that yeah uh, so I, I walked out of that audition uh, that was the only one that's that was the only audition that I've, I've i've actually like walked out of yeah uh but a lot of them are just like hmm. yeah i know I'm just there and i did a i did a commercial for a ride share company the other day mm-hmm. and it was just like you, you in your mask and like in the eyes, don't act. Just the eyes. This, this director doesn't like any actors. They just want. They just want real. Like don't even. Don't know. Just. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, wait, why am I here? If he doesn't like actors, and like doesn't. I'm like, what the fuck? This is so stupid. Yeah. Was that in person? No. All these auditions. <laughs> all these auditions are via Zoom. So you no, see Zoom, okay. and I'm in my mask, and I'm like trying to get my camera right. Yeah. Um, I, and I love Zoom. I love Zoom auditions because like I don't have to fucking park anywhere. Yeah. I don't have to drive to Santa Monica on like a Friday at four yeah. thirty and and sit in that traffic. And that's the that's what I I I don't miss about auditioning. Yeah. I hate auditioning. Period. Because it's like oh, it's such a it's such a task. But uh, now yeah, I do self tapes and and, yeah. and and Zoom auditions for for things. So yeah, nothing in person. I don't think you need to. I don't it, like. Yeah, I really yeah. don't think you need to go in person anymore because they're just gonna record you. Mm-hmm. It's just it's the same thing. And then even when callbacks, like people are in a Zoom room, they you're in your you're in the same yeah uh, place that you would be if you were in person. So yeah, yeah, it could, um, yeah. It's just funny because like commercials would net like 
theatrical things would be on tape before COVID, but commercials wouldn't be. So it's like funny when it's like you do something like it's like they want to see you do like basically nothing. Yeah. Just look at the camera. And you're like, I hope that's good. And you just kind of like send it. No, no, too much, too much, too much. No facial. Like there was this one I did. It was just like, oh yeah, this. What you're thinking about? Okay. Now you're at work. Okay. All right. Now you thought you just left the stove on. How's that face? Okay. All right. Now you're thinking about your kids and your life. Okay. All right. All right. Now you you think about oh man, oh my kids are at the the house with the stove on. What face with that? Like no no no, that's too much. That's too much. No, too much eyebrows. Too much. Eyebrows. Like I'm like fuck, man. It was like a it was like no line commercial. Like that's like, yeah. like no lines. So um, funny. Yeah. Imagine I, I imagine though um like we think we feel a certain way but like imagine on the other end where they're watching like thousands of people do this oh. thing which is like this short like mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> That's why like sometimes I'm like dude just pick me just change my life just pick yeah. me like fuck pick me You yeah. like the shirt I had on there that's what I'm like yeah that's what it oh yeah that guy looks good in that shirt I even wear the shirt in commercial but it's Yeah Maybe they were joking, honestly, with that response. No, I, f- I feel like they were serious. That's, yeah, I don't know. That's because if you are serious and that's the reason, I just it, feel like you want to tell the person that. I, what? <laughs> uh, I, I guess, know. yeah, I guess that's it, though. You'll never know. Okay, so let's go a little bit into your, so you have, so you spoke about like classes. Do you find mm-hmm. classes in the past are like useful, not useful? You've done classes for acting and for comedy. So, uh, no, yeah. I mean, acting, acting classes, they, they do help you um, like find more in-depth things. And, mm-hmm. But a lot of times for me as an actor, I always think like, just do, like, just do it. Like, what, I mean, it's, like oh yeah, your mom just died, or, uh, you know, you're like, how would you act? It's always it's about reacting for me. It's always like, yeah, you know, acting is 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 more about reacting. Yeah. And like, what's my motivation? What's all this? What's ugh, all that? All that stuff I did in college, and it, when I came out here, I was like, I know how to act. Like, I know I know how to do it. And yeah. acting is the same. I think it's just the medium that changes. So. Yeah. Uh, you do have to learn, like when you do a film, like not to look directly into the camera. Uh, and, yeah, like the technical like thing. So the technical parts of that acting actually does help. Being uh, coming from theater, where it's like big, 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 mm-hmm. to to being into film, where it's like more internalized or 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 like more in depth into your, like your eyes. And yeah, because I mean they're seeing some type of thing Yeah, they're seeing right? they so tight. Yeah. yeah, I I grew up in theater. It was just like loud and big and wars for us. Um, yeah. So yeah, I and I do miss I do miss like the 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 acting part of my my world. But I get that sometimes when I'm able to do like sketches and things like that. I remember mm-hmm. I did a sketch with my friend once, and he was like, "Dude, like, man, like you're you're like a good actor." I'm like, "Dude, I yes, I've been doing this my life. This is what yeah. I've been doing since I was six years old." I've been thinking about winning an Oscar since I was like six. Mm. So um, I, I do wish that I was like, oh yeah, I would love to be on a show or whatever. But uh, the thing I do like about comedy is like I, something can happen today and I can go tell it tonight on stage. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to comedy classes, a lot of times comedians look down on comics. I took 
comedy classes because they're like, oh, nobody can teach you how to be funny. But I think for me, the comedy class wasn't a mo- about teaching me how to be funny. It was just to give me once, like we said before, the techniques on to how to present certain mm-hmm. types of material and like what kind, what's the difference between like a one-liner comedian mm-hmm. and a deadpan comedian and a, um, you know, a, a comedian that, that tells stories or mm-hmm. uh, makes observations and all these different kinds of genres of comedy. Yeah. And it also gave me structures because I knew that if I didn't have that structure that I wouldn't be able to 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 say what I wanted to say or like know how to say what I wanted to say. So I went through a thing where it was like, oh yeah, I was in this interracial relationship and like I was having like being a secret to her family and stuff. And then I was like, oh yeah, this is what I, yeah, this is can't, I'm not going to talk about this. And the guy's like, no, 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 no. That's what you need to talk about. Yeah. Like this is the stuff that you need to talk about because people need to know your life. They need to know like the things about you. And I think as I've gotten older and I've I've matriculated through uh, the comedy world and like, my experiences and and not caring what people think about what I'm saying it gets a lot better like when you start to un, 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 unravel certain things in your life and mm. it's like shedding a skin because I used to be like I gotta go get the laughs I gotta go get the laughs I gotta go to get the laughs like they gotta laugh they gotta laugh every 12 seconds but it's not even about getting the laugh it's about getting a connection and I think a lot of the times it's for me it's not even about making people laugh it's about making people feel so if if I could go up there and I something I say make you make you feel a certain way or or you know just like like I don't care like I I won. I already won. I already won. I've you've reacted to the to the words that I've said, and clearly I think that something is funny if I'm saying it. Mm-hmm. I, I would never say anything that I wouldn't think is funny. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so I, I I think going back to what I said about the class, like the class just helped me teach. It just helped me with structure, yeah. and and it gave me a, a opportunity to succeed because. The graduation show was at the improv and it right, was sold right. out. So if my first set was at like a bar and I got booed, and like I don't know if I would have been able to stomach that to be able to come back and say, this is what I want to do again. It'd be something like, oh yeah, I tried. I did my three minutes. <laughs> yep. Cross it off the bucket list, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, that's that's what I think. I mean, I, I think classes do whatever. There's no... There's no white, right or yeah. wrong way. There's so many p- different people that, that get into comedy so many uh, different ways. So I think everyone's journey is different. And mm-hmm. I feel like people just should do what they need to do to make them feel uh, the best way to succeed. Yeah, exactly. And I love that you are actually speaking to, like you don't do it for the laughs. Like it's not result oriented. It's it's kind of, it's more connected to a truth, right? And you mm-hmm. kind of dig more into connect like connect more into what the truth of this is and that's actually what resonates with more people mm-hmm. yeah it's that thing of like the deeper you go the actual the more relatable it is you know even if it feels so personal and unrelatable it actually is yeah you have yeah. to you have to be able to relate and I, I don't know who said this maybe it was Jim Norton but I think I forget who it was but it was some comment that was like yeah if you can't tell the joke about the person, if the person is in the room and mm. you can't tell that joke about them, don't do the joke. 
So, like, if you have a joke about handicapped people and you see there's a handicapped person in the room, like, if you if you can't do that joke, you mm-hmm. shouldn't do the joke. Like, yeah. you should be able to do that joke in front of that person. Mm-hmm. So it's not about, oh, it's not, oh, I'm not be talking behind your back. You know, I'm just telling you what happened, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, that's great. That's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. You, it, It's such a... It's such an eye-opening thing for me when I when I when I when I saw that the, whoever said this I can't think if it was mm-hmm. if it was Jim Norton yeah so that was the thing like uh, I just wanted to be able to tell the jokes that I wanted to tell and yeah and if people react the way they react they react the way they react and I like I I I had a joke uh, I think I was one time at the Laugh Factory and Menachem was performing. And Menachem is this, uh, he's an Orthodox Jewish comedian. And there was like a lot of Jewish people there. Uh-huh. And yeah, I, that often was the case. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it, they were like, they were like a real, a lot of Orthodox Jewish people. Uh-huh. There. And I told, I told my camp joke and, and they loved it. They laughed at it. They like laughed at it. And, and I, I, if I was a younger comic or I wasn't as strong enough in my abilities, I'd be like, oh, I can't tell a camp mm. joke in front of these Jewish people. You know, like, I mean, yeah. like, but it's, I think it's a great joke. I think it's yeah. a great joke. But uh, yeah, I've, I've had some, a couple instances early on when I was like, oh, no, I'm going to do that. That person is right there. And I was like, you know what? Fuck that person. I'm gonna tell my joke. I, yeah. They're gonna like it or they're not gonna like it. And most of the time, they laugh at it. Like most mm. of the time, because none of my none of my jokes ever come from a hateful place. Yeah, like, never. That's, that's like that's it though. Yeah, because people know like if it comes from a place, um, exactly like a hateful place, right? Yeah, they never they never different. come from a, they never come from a hateful place, and I yeah. feel like I have a little bit more. Um, leeway to express myself because me being black you know i can get away with a lot more mm-hmm. uh, than than say a, a white dude that said some you know some things and and if any white dude want to trade places with me come on let's do it I, i'll trade in a bit i'll trade in a bit to just be able to just say what i want and just not get worried about getting shot by the police i'll trade you today i'll trade you like let's do it because a lot of times I'm like oh you are you triggered i'm like no 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 yeah, it doesn't work like that, buddy. Come on now. There's ebbs and flows. Life is about balance. <laughs> Let me have this one. Yeah. So, gosh, that's really interesting, though, because I never think so. Like, there's been times early on where um, you obviously have your set that you want to do. And then like and then you like notice certain people in the audience, or whatever. And you're like rethinking if you should do it. That must happen. That, like, I don't think about that. But that must happen often for comedians. It, it it does it does especially if it's like uh, about handicapped people or like yeah. or trans people or or anything that people like find like taboo to talk about mm-hmm. um yeah so like you 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 have to you have to gauge but like i said if you can't tell that joke in front of that person yeah exactly that joke so so then so then when you're writing jokes like when you're writing material are you thinking like i would think that you guys should look should whatever but like would read over it and kind of um for each one like the the whoever the joke is kind of about think about like having those per, that person in the audience and being like what i say would it be okay do you yeah. do that kind of thing in the process? I mean, I, I start there. So, like, any joke that I say, I'm like, I'll do it. I would do it right in their face. I would mm, do it okay, right good. in their face. Yeah, I, t- I, talk about, I talk about my dad, like, in front of my dad. I talked about my dad 
walking out on his intervention in front of him. So like, <laughs> you know, if yeah. I could do that, like I could do, I could do any, I could talk about right. anything in front of anybody. Yeah. I, I've, I've had to kick my dad out of shows for being a drunk. And, and I was like, you know, everyone has a drunk uncle in their family. I just call mine dad. And he's yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So like, I, I think that now you get to a point where like, honestly, I don't, like I, I do, I, I do still enjoy the laughter and the, and the, the ruckus and the, mm-hmm. the loud, the boisterous laughter. But honestly, like I would rather, like, I, I like a groan. Like I'm at that point where I'm like, oh, they just groan. Like, oh, oh, mm-hmm. oh, oh. And like if I, if I get someone to go, oh, or damn, or like, oh, that was dark. That to me, that's, that's just as good. Like that's yeah. just as good because I'm like, yes, this is, this is a place that I'm coming from. This is my this is my truth, you know, yeah. I've been dealing with that a lot lately because, you know, I lost my, mo- I lost my mother in, in September of 2020. Mm-hmm. And so now it's just a thing where like, here I am, I lost the most important person in my life. And now how can I make these moments of, of sadness into something where it's like, oh, this could be, this could be funny, you know? And I had this moment the other day with one of my friends and you know we're we're talking and and we we were using my mother's uh cable login to to get to hbo max and and he was like hey did you get did you guys change the password and i was like no we just we just canceled it because we didn't get the discount anymore since she passed away he was like oh yeah man that's that's right man i was i was sad every time i had to type that email address in and i you know we just had this moment where it's like that is i just sad to like a dead person's cable that you're using like to feel the guilt of this you're still using it as, as they as they passed away and i was like you know this is a moment where like i can i can laugh about it because i because i i could understand how he was like the guilt that he was feeling that he was still using my dead mother's cable uh and yeah, you just have to find you just have to find these moments in your life to to be able to laugh at it because if you don't, you you know you you, you go crazy, and that's yeah. why a lot of times comics say, "Oh yeah, I started after I broke up with somebody, or I started after my parent died, or I started after I was in a car accident." Like I just needed an outlet to yeah. to express myself, to to get up there and and say what's going on in my life, and that's why I love about comedy. Where like something can happen tonight mm-hmm. or today and I can go talk about it tonight, you know, like, yeah. Oh, someone called me a racial slur. This is what happened. Uh, so yeah, so that's, that's, those are some of the, the things that I love about. Uh, yeah. That's what, and that's like, it's so, Oh, it's crazy. Like, cause, um, cause it's so strong when you're talking about something so personal, but then like to have to speak about someone or something when they're there often, mm-hmm. it's like crazy. And then also what you just said, how like sometimes these tragic things happen and you're able to, to like make them into something funny, you know, mm-hmm. really amazing. Um, so what, so like when you are starting, like when you write, what's your process like? Like, do you write every day or like, or yeah, like how do you work? So what what usually happens is I, I was taught the way of like writing everything and like sitting down and writing out oh, this is the jokes blah 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 blah. But now my brain is is operating at a point where like I could I could come up with an idea or something could happen and then I'll just write down a note in my phone about um, oh this this happened oh this happened or um, but sometimes sometimes. I, 
I get too shorthanded with it where I'm like, what the fuck was I talking about? Like, what is Cheetos hot toast? Like, so funny. Let me see who this is. Um, and then, like, I forget old jokes that I haven't told in a while. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, yeah, breakups are like eating bad licorice. Like, you always forget how bad they taste until <laughs> it happens again. Like, yeah. uh, uh, yeah, just like, and then like moments happen in life. So when I was in, uh, I was in the Mall of America. We were passing out flyers for our show at the evening. So my friend Brittany was headlining, and I was featuring. And she was like, "Oh yeah, we're going to we're going to go paper cars, like old school college stuff." Mm-hmm. So we went to the Mall of America to paper cars to try to get people to come to the show. The club is in the Mall of America. Oh, okay. And I'm I'm like joking with Brittany and like and she's across the thing and I'm like, hey Brittany, there's a there's a black guy trying to break into these cars over here. And just because I know like I know optics like me walking around people's cars or whatever. So I went over to like another level and it was this young white dude. He was like getting out of his cars and I was like he was like hey he came over and was like hey buddy you can't do that. And I was like what do you mean I can't you know soliciting here pal that's what he said like i'm not even doing white guy voice this is exactly how i sound and so then he picks up his phone and he starts calling someone i was like dude are you are you calling the police oh my god he's like no i'm calling mall security i'm like who has mall security programmed into their phone so he's like, and, I, and I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, there's a black male in a black hoodie and a black beard with black shoes and black sweatpants. And I was just like. That's just ridiculous. I was like, this guy is crazy. And so yeah. then he starts, then I pull out my phone. And as soon as I pull out my phone, he starts running away. And I'm like, then I'm like, okay, I can, I'm going to chase him. And then I'm like, no, I can't. I can't chase him because then he's going to be running away and I'm going to be trying to record him. <laughs> so. I told my friend, I was like, yo, she called me. She's like, I was like, dude, you would never believe what happened. I was like, I was like, this dude just she goes, wow, what that's crazy. So we go into the mall and we see two security guards and they're walking towards where we were. And I was like, okay, here we go, here we go. And I'm going, hey, you guys looking for me? And they're like, oh no, I don't know what's going on, buddy. And I'm like, yeah, he's, this guy calls, oh, I'm so sorry to happen to you, man. Like, uh, no, you can't, you, I'm sorry. I'm just so sorry, buddy. Like, very Minnesota, like voices. And and they were cool, and it was like such a crazy like thing, and because yeah, cause I mean it, he did absolutely nothing wrong. Like yes, yes, and then and then so later that night, I, Brittany was like, "You got to tell that story on stage," and I was like, "Oh yeah, I'll tell it." So I, I was like, "How can I like?" I'm trying to think like how can yeah. I make it relatable, and I was like, "Oh yeah, um, I'm so happy to be here at the Mall of America." Uh, they have everything here at the Mall of America. They have an aquarium. They have like they have an amusement park. They even have racism. So this is truly the Mall of America. Uh, oh. and, so yeah, and everyone's like, "Oh no, that happened to you!" I'm like, "Yes, it happened to me here." Yeah, Minnesota. You know, it's very clever. Yeah, it's just oh, it's like so smart what you do. Seriously, you know, because like because it's things that people dismiss every day that you actually like think deeper in and like change, like you change it, you know, like you make it into something else, not something else, but like the truth, you laugh yeah. at the truth of it. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, I was in that class, one thing I did take away from the class was uh, push, <laughs> push past the obvious and escalate the humor. Like that's what I always try to do. Like, yeah. so, so when I tell the story on stage, I'm like, oh yeah, it's a black male with a black hoodie, with a black beard, like the pirate. You know, like certain things mm. to make to make it funnier. 
right. more expressive. And I think a lot of times my acting background definitely helps in mm-hmm. retelling a story because you got to ride, you know, ride that wave and you can, you can get people to come along with you. Like, yeah. Uh, that's why I love Mike Birbiglia. I don't know if you've ever seen Mike Birbiglia. Like Mike Birbiglia, mm-hmm. a lot of his comedy is, is like a one-man show. Like most of his stuff is like a one-man show where he's like, he's intertwining all these stories and then he'll go back to another story that he started with and then he mm-hmm. goes into this thing and then he's like, oh yeah, so I was on the couch eating pizza. But you know, he had already started with like, I was on the couch eating pizza then he got to this other place and was like, oh yeah, so I was on the, then he gets <laughs> back to it. So um, I, I want to be able to do that to like put together like a one-man show where everything like goes together and mm-hmm. and uh, and I have I have these ideas. I have these ideas of this uh, this one man show called The Women I Love, uh, and it just goes through like my matriculation of like all the women that I've loved in my life, starting with my mother and uh, my grandmother, and then mm. working all the way up here to the to the end of of this the spectrum that I'm at right now uh, with my partner Erica. So yeah, yeah. I mean that sounds great. You should definitely do it. No, I just gotta, I gotta, I gotta get, I gotta just put, this is the thing you have to put, you have to put, you have to put pen to paper and you have to be able to do it a lot. And that's the one thing about living here in LA, there is a lot of famous culture. So I don't have the opportunity to go up there with a notebook and Mm. people are already going to love me anyway, because I, they watch me in movies. Like I don't have that. I don't have that luxury. I don't have Sarah Silverman luxury or Judd Apatow luxury where I can you, you know, you've seen at the Laugh Factory, yeah. where you, you know, people come up there with a notebook and like, this guy's fucking just yeah. kidding. Like, I've seen, I've seen even people, um, but all, but I sometimes wonder if it's like part of it, but I'm like, I don't know, you know, like, yeah. but I've seen people even with a notebook and then they'll like, how you said you'll sometimes just like make a note, but then even like forget what it was about, but they'll do that yeah. on stage. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking at it and they're like, what? And they'll just like stand there. And then they'll like cross it out. And people often it works though, you know? So I never they're famous, because they're famous. Mm-hmm. Famous people can do that. Cause when you when you know someone, you are like, oh, I know this guy is funny. So uh, I'm gonna I- laugh at yeah, I'm gonna laugh at them because I know this guy's funny. I've seen him on TV, he's funny. So I'm gonna laugh at him. And that's why famous people can just do whatever they want to do here mm-hmm. in Los Angeles because like, oh my God, this guy is so funny. I've seen him on TV. And I'm like, yeah. I got to go up there and like work hard and like start the show. And try oh, it's starting, I know. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah. I, I, I do miss those Thursdays and Mondays mm-hmm. at the Laugh Factory and hopefully we can get back there one day, so. What, what advice do you have for like, for hosting a show? Because uh, you're like oh, the very first thing, you know? Like, so I, like I mean, so often I've seen you and yeah, hosting, uh, yeah. hosting is hosting is tough. Hosting is a skill. It is a skill. Um, it, it's a it's a thing where like you have to be able to uh, fix the room if it needs to be fixed, but you also need to be able to know when you don't have to go up there and do time to mm. to be a speed bump. You know, you got to be able yeah. to keep the show flowing. In America, we're the only place like outside, like in England, the host gets more than a feature. So like a host is like. Uh, big time if you can because if you can host a show you're you're the conductor of the show yeah you know, you, it's very hard because yeah, you gotta be you're not just like on and off with your stuff and like you're done it's like you yeah. are you're like have to act you have to like do stuff based on every single person that's gone up yeah you have to be you have to be you have to be the glue guy so like yeah. if, 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 the, if the awkward moment happened on on the comic before you you have to you know sometimes address. you have to address it and like 
if if a if a person is being loud, you have to you should be the mm-hmm. one to address it. A comic should have to be the one to address it. Like the host should be yeah. the one. like if if a, if a if a if a guys or a girls like loud 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 during a comic set, and then you come up on stage and you don't address it, like mm-hmm. you're a bad host. Like you have to be able to address it and nip it in the bud yeah. before it even gets there. That's that's the the, the host job to to stop a fire before the fire starts. Mm. If 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 it's a fire on stage, like as far as like the comics killing, to keep to keep that momentum going, so you don't have to go up there and like tell a, a, a ten minute story. Yeah. In between comics. And I think also like your background in acting is so is so strong too. Like it's so helpful because you're always very present. Like like that's a thing in acting too and mm-hmm. comedy. But to be like present and be able to. And like you're quickly, because you well, like what you said, like acting is reacting, right? So mm-hmm. you're quickly kind of assessing people, people you've never met before that are coming in and out, and you're mm-hmm. dealing with them on the spot. Yeah. So yeah. And if you host enough, if you host enough shows, and and you you watch, uh, you know, I watch Taran do this a lot, where like mm-hmm. everyone's like, oh my god, he just came up with that. Like I'm like, no, he hosts enough shows where he yeah. knows. Who's gonna be there? Like he knows it's gonna be an Asian guy there. He's like, oh, you drove. You know, he knows. Like it, but the way that he makes it seem is like it's the first time he's yeah. saying that. So yeah. you never know. Like you never. Like oh my god. Like that is the goal to be able to say something, and then people think that it's the very first time. Yeah. That you've ever said that before, and sometimes you know you people are like oh my god. Like dude, I I I've said it like. It's it's a thing. Like we, I know that someone's gonna be late. I know, you know these kind of people are gonna do this and like this, 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 this. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's the it's a beauty of it's the beauty of comedy because uh, it is a routine. It, it is a com. It's called a comedy routine, and, mm-hmm. and sometimes people don't remember that it's called a comedy yeah. routine. Well, that's good. Really. You don't want yeah. them to remember that. No, 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 no. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've seen Tehran do that too a lot, and it always works. Like, oh yeah, it's all. Yeah, I remember seeing. Um, yeah, like at the beginning, like I'd see the same thing. I'd be like, "What? That happens?" Because <laughs> like yeah. I don't necessarily pay attention to every single person that's mm-hmm. like there, right? Mm-hmm. But then if I hear something again, I'm like, "Oh, he's referring to this person." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> and it yeah. works. Yes. It's so cool. Same, different guy, same guy. That's that's yeah. the thing. Different guy, same. Oh, there's always gonna be an old dude with a young lady. You know, it's always gonna be like a cougar or yeah. It's it's comedy in L.A. It's it's pretty much if you go to Hollywood, well Hollywood comedy, it's always gonna be like oh this guy, this girl's oh you look like you do porn. Oh I do. Oh I know I know this like stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's also so. That also has like the aspect of spontaneity from acting, like you're doing it the first time each time. Yeah. You know? So yeah, all of it bleeds into each other. Mm-hmm. It's performance. Um, it's performance. Yeah, exactly. Anything yeah. creative is has, mm-hmm. yeah, is that presence. Okay, I'm gonna ask you a few random things. Okay. All right, I'm ready. Okay. Um, if you were a professional athlete, what sport would you play? Uh, basketball. Basketball. I'd be, I'd be a basketball player. I've always wanted to be in the NBA. Like that was used mm-hmm. to be a a dream of mine hours and hours and hours of playing basketball mm. uh yeah i would i would i would love to be an nba okay. without without a doubt amazing okay so what's your most used emoji oh my most used emoji that is a that's a good one let me see i gotta i'm gonna look this one up i'm gonna look i'm gonna actually look this one up what's my nothing most... comes up like right away on your head uh the the the, the tears the the oh. laughing tears. Oh, 
laughing tears. That, like laughing, like is it? I don't know. It's the one that has like the big smile. And yeah, the yeah. Kind of, yeah, that's that's my mom. Straight though or crooked? No, straight, straight. Okay, not yeah. the not the rolling on the right, not not right, the rolling. Right. Yeah, yeah. Just the just the L. I guess it's a LOL. I don't know. If that's a, that's the. <laughs> Yeah, that smiley face with the tears, the crying, laughing, crying, laughing is my most. Yeah, energy. it's funny because when you first said just crying, I pictured like the full crying. No, no, no. And then my second oh, most used no. emoji. <laughs> my second most used emoji is the this guy. Oh. The one hand guy, like it's me. <laughs> deal with it. Like the two hands or the no, one. No, just the one, just the one. Just oh, okay, the, like, yeah. Like okay. to deal with it, and then I the always second... thought that was kind of more like like party <laughs> like he's bringing like, a tray he's bringing like a tray. um like raise the roof like raise the roof with one, no one raises the roof with one arm yo oh yeah i should reevaluate my use of like some of those you know because i because i tend to some i've had other instances where i thought it was like a whole other meaning and it turns out I'm, like using this all the time and like mm -hmm. i didn't know i was doing that you know like the prayer hands is supposed to be a high five that's what that's what what really yeah it's like a high like a high five the prayer hands that's so weird yeah i use a, i use I, I don't really use a lot of emojis now i i am really big into uh gifts like uh, oh yeah i, I am a good. gifter i am a gifter sometimes to a fault but i i love it because it's like such a great way to express what you're feeling yeah. at the time where it's like you get the perfect gift to a response yeah um, it's like uh i it's so automatic in my head now. Like I just send it. I'll send a gift. Like yeah, you know, like this. So I so agree with that. Okay, and then what is something that you do to be the now? Something I do to be the now. I I'm really into um, uh, fishing on, oh. my, on my Oculus. Like I, I never was a fisher. Like mm -hmm. I never was a fish. I never was a fisher. I never was a fisherman. I, mm -hmm. I never. I've never been fishing in my life in real mm -hmm. life. But uh, a friend of mine suggested, because we got the Oculus, and Oculus is a VR headset, uh, Quest 2. And uh, a friend of mine suggested to download the virtual fishing. And honestly, it's been, like, so peaceful to be able to, like, mm -hmm. sit there and, like, fish. And I can listen to, like, lo-fi hip-hop and, like, just be in the, wow. just be, just be in the moment. Um, I wish I meditated more. I, mm. I do need to, to meditate more. But, like, a lot of times when I would get in that state of meditation, like, um, I just get, I just get sad because, you know, mm. everything that's the PTSD that's, you know, I'm still dealing with, with my mother, but, um, but yeah, just fishing has definitely helped me. Uh, therapy has helped a lot. Mm. And yeah. We, yeah, we do this thing in therapy called uh, emotional, uh, reprocessing where it's just mm. like, you just go back and it just, it just leaves. It's like traveling in the matrix. Mm. Like, just you don't even know that you're doing it and it's just like you just you look at this thing or you you're, you hit yourself or you look at this light and you just you know she asks you questions and it just just repurposes like a lot of the emotional wow, stuff that, that i didn't even know that that i had to deal with and uh, yeah it's it actually has been working a lot but to so be the now, right like she's you're kind of doing you don't have to do anything they're no, you don't you don't have to do anything so she guides you so she guides you so mm -hmm. you get that you know you start at one place and then she'll ask you a question and then you know uh, from one to ten what does this make you feel and then the goal is if something is a is a 10 you want to be able to get it back to a one mm. uh, as far as like how it affects you uh so that's the whole goal of uh emotional repro uh, wow. repro 
processing. So it's definitely been something that I was not really open to. Like, I was like, well, get this hippie shit out of I'm paying you fucking all this money to do this hippie shit. But now it's like definitely something that, that I look forward to. And now I'm able to do it uh, in person, which is a definite uh, different, a different vibe because mm-hmm. on Zoom is not the same. So like um, to be able to do it in person, because we're both, my, my therapist is vaccinated. I'm vaccinated too. So it's, yeah, you know, we've been able to be in the same space and, and do it. And it's definitely helped me a lot because I just need to, to reset, mm-hmm. um, you know, what, what's going on in, in, in my day to day, because it's like, oh yeah, this is a person that you'll never get to talk to again, which is such a fascinating thing to think about because death is so infinite. Like it is very, is is it's infinite and my mom was 66 and she lived a, she lived it was short but she lived a long life and life is short but life is also the longest thing that we'll ever have to do and uh when i lost her uh i started a scholarship in her name mm-hmm. and so yeah so we have a scholarship that we started and we raised about uh sixteen thousand dollars so far and we're gonna uh my goal is to give a black woman that attends a historically black college ten thousand dollars every year until yeah, that's I can't, so, so beautiful, Latina. Yeah. I love that. Do you have a link and stuff for that? Yeah, we have a link. Uh, JamieMWhitfield.org. Uh, you can check me out if you have a, a young black woman that's graduated and looking to go to a historical black college. You can reach mm-hmm. me at Mateen at JamieMWhitfield.org, and all, or my, it's all on my Instagram. It's okay, my, perfect. My, my link tree. Everything. Yeah, I know. I I I knew about that. I love that so much. It's yeah. beautiful. Thank you. Really amazing. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you so much for doing this. Well, thank you. Thank you for uh for uh, asking me to do this. This was, no, of this was course. Definitely a joy to And you're so amazing. Like I always love your work. Like I all like I love your work and um like on stage I could always like I could always have you up much longer just like watching wise, you know, and stuff. I love it. Thank you. Um, I appreciate that. That that means a lot to me because like my goal is even if you don't like me as a comedian, you you when you see me, I want people to be like, man, that guy's having fun. Like that yeah. guy loves what he's doing. He's having a great time. Yeah. That's always been my goal because I and I am. I'm I'm not faking that. Like mm-hmm. performing is the best thing for me. It's I could like you said, I could do it all the time. I love yeah. it. So thank you. I, I I'm glad that you appreciate that and you've noticed that that I that Yeah, I definitely. And it's I yeah, I mean you you can tell that you love it and you're so comfy there, you know? Thank you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, definitely. You. Mateen, thank you so much. So let our listeners know where can they find you? Oh, you can find me um, everywhere at Mateen Stewart. And if you go to my Instagram, my link tree is there. So you can find my mother scholarship fund. You can find my Facebook, my Twitter. And if you're in the market to get married, I am actually uh, an efficient uh, you can get married by Mateen. You can you can you can reach me out to get married there. So yeah, check out my Instagram and my link link tree is on my Instagram. Okay, perfect. Thank you.